Guess who's back? That's right. I'm Gab. He's Jules. Gray skies over West London, but don't worry, Jules. I'm back to yeah. brighten up the day. You miss me? Oh, I missed you so you much. Know, I went as it far felt like away. the longest holidays ever. I, I did go as far away as I possibly could. I went to oh, Antarctica. Amazing. As you know, yes, I've yes. now been to all seven continents. The Gab and Jules show is expanding <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. The seals <laughs> and the penguins love it. Uh, but anyway, we have a packed show for you because we're going to... We got tons of quick hits. Manchester City yep. out of the league. Copa Burns. Uh, Milan out of the Coppa Italia. Mm. Lionel Messi back. But let's start in the home of football. The sp- <laughs> no, I'm All right. Sorry, Saudi fans. Yeah. But yeah, but you can make the point because they have the Super Cup. Yep. They have Cristiano Ronaldo. Yep. And that's where, in the, obviously, it's a four-team semifinal format. Real Madrid playing Valencia. And it went all the way to penalties. It went to penalties, which might be surprising for you or for the ones who thought that Real Madrid were a heavy favourite, which they were. And they took the lead as well in the first half that they controlled pretty well, I thought. Played some good stuff, maybe could have scored a second. And then the second half, they just came back from the dressing room not being like ready for it. And Valencia scored very early in a, in a poor goal to concede from... It was a really bad goal to... Really poor. You, the cross from Lato and the finish from Lino was just like... It's not too just easy. that, but the, the Lato cross, like Nacho's playing left back. Yeah. And you would think you're a center back. Your natural thing is to close people down, right? That's... No, he, he's like he's like two meters away from him. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, go ahead, forward. go ahead. I dare you. I double dare you. Cross it, cross it, cross it, cross it. I don't know when he's going to score. <laughs> oh no! And then and then yeah. So after that, it was more or less game on. Even if Real Madrid had plenty of chances, and Mama Dashvili, the uh, the Georgian goalkeeper, Valencia had a really good game and made great saves, especially in in extra time as well on the Vinicius uh, chance, for example, the big one on the Tony Cruz's shot. But then Valencia had a chance to win it at the end. Perez was on his own and Courtois yeah. made a huge save. So he went to Pens. And then I think we all knew once he got to Pens that Real Madrid were going to be the winners. About Perez, um, fun fact, uh, which I didn't know until recently, yeah. is who Perez's dad is. Go on. No, I don't know this. Ah, <laughs> it's legendary Valencia winger, Rufete. Ah, okay. Ah, see, there you go. I'm, I'm glad I can impart. Yeah. It was, I, think Valen- I don't think Valencia played poorly at all, especially in the second half. Yeah. Um, with Real Madrid, I think what we are noticing, and I, this team feels thin to me. Now, not just a center forward issue, which we'll get to uh, in a minute, but Tony Kroos being asked to play in the, in the there was no true many, obviously, Kroos being asked to play in that position is not the same thing. It's not you know, it, it might work if you're going to go and try to play with 60%, 70% possession, which Real Madrid don't generally do. Mm. Um, it's just not comfortable. Yeah, I mean, Camavinga started and got injured. It's another injury after the Chouamini one and the Alaba one, by the way. Uh, and let's, not, let's hope that the other two are out for three weeks. Let's see what Camavinga exactly has. Then you bring Luka Modric to halftime, which maybe was earlier than what Carlo would have liked to. I don't know. But then that changes, obviously, the dynamic as well of your, you know, of your team. And maybe that's why as well the second half was slow to start with. That was not as good as the first half where they had more control to it. But it's, it's clearly an, an area where that's why I think they're being linked with Jude Bellingham. That, that's why they're in for Bellingham. They're going to look for someone else as well to, to come in in the summer. And we're not sure what's going to happen to Luka Modric's contract and to Tony Cruz's contract at the end of the season as well. Um, we're going to get into that more on uh, on the Gabby Jules podcast, but I want to take a step back because 
I think a lot of people, including I, I certainly was surprised. Obviously, we're both big Carlo fans. I, I've known Carlo and Reno Gattuso for many years. Yeah. What he said before the game. I know a lot. I mean, I love that beef. That really was unexpected, and that how they won trophies together. Obviously, two Champions League as a manager and player, but then like fell out, and not really explaining why they they just like stop being friends, basically. So the the thinking, um, and again, I haven't spoken to Carlo or to Gattuso about this, but people close to them say that suggests it has to do with when. Ancelotti was replaced by by Gattuso at uh, at Napoli. If you remember, yeah, yeah, there was a there was a, a player revolt against the club after when the president wanted to make them go and, and sequester in the hotel. Yeah. Ancelotti said, "No, the players are grown ups." Blah blah blah. Eventually, Ancelotti was sacked. The team did much better under Gattuso, and the thinking was, and De Laurenti says, "Oh, look, you know, they weren't Ancelotti was too kind. They weren't training properly under Ancelotti." Um, it's not like Gattuso says, oh, yeah, I whipped him into shape. But the feeling there was some resentment from Ancelotti's side that no way. maybe Gattuso didn't come out and say, well, no, actually. Oh, kind of defending you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. It doesn't seem to fit Ancelotti's personality. No, I didn't think he did uh, resentment. It's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, and they say, oh, but it's a sporting disagreement, not a personal disagreement. It certainly felt frosty last yeah. night. Yeah, it did. But we're going to get into all this uh, on the Gavin Jules podcast. All right, Jules, I, I want to go back to Ancelotti for a second because everybody says, oh, he's a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. Which he is. He is. I can tell you there are some people he doesn't like. Yeah, there aren't sure. many people he's clashed with before. Um, I, I'm assuming when he was at Paris Saint-Germain, even locally, never had any kind never, of... Not that I know of. Um, yeah, that's why I was a bit surprised. I didn't know the, um, you know, the, what happened with, with Gattuso at the time, and I still feel so strongly about it, clearly, a few years after. But, yeah. It's also, you know, Gattuso's kind of recast himself as obviously people the same age of him as like you know sort of this very intense player and a guy who comes from nothing and it's it, it is true yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I interviewed Gattuso um, I think he was I think he was at Rangers he's like 19 it's somehow mm. like you know popped up and he was with uh, a Rangers that signed Lorenzo Moruso formerly Fiorentina and whatnot, and, you know, sort of tall, handsome captain, well-dressed and whatever. And Reno Gattuso comes out and he's wearing like a shell suit and like gold chains and he's like shouting and, you know, all the Scottish fans were yeah, expecting yeah. like, oh, look, you know, oh, look, silky Italian. And they see Gattuso play and he's like, right, he's like one of us. And then, you know, but he takes that and, and nobody really, really believed in him. And then obviously he goes on and yeah. becomes world champion. And um, so... It's an odd one. There's a sense, some people have suggested that um, Gattuso signing with George Mendes has turned some people against him. You, you yeah. recall that, you know, he signs, he agreed to become manager of Fiorentina, and then he goes and he submits like a shopping list of Fiorentina, and it's like all, all these Mendes, Mendes clients yeah, on huge amounts of money. <laughs> Which, you know, Fiorentina, Rocco Comiso, and Joe Barone saying, uh-uh, uh, not happening. Look, you're not, you're not going to go. I don't think so. You know, um, but, you know, again, at Valencia, I think in difficult circumstances, I think he's done, he's done well. Really, really, really well. I, mean, I thought, you know, the, the development of, of Lino, for example, you know, again, he showed 
he's an interesting player. Yeah, Yunus um, Musa as well. There's a few. I mean, he's got a few that are difficult. Having watched them when we went to Valencia with the family uh, against Mallorca, it was, you know, there's some like Justin Clover where you, you, you just watch them play and say, okay, you've got talent, but there's no way you can go. Right. And I even, you know, Gattuso, or, I mean, others have tried before and there's not much you can make out of them. But yeah, I agree with you. And collectively, they... I think there was, there was, and he said he was proud of the team, and I think he, he was right to be because it was a tough game, and I think they 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 should they did well for themselves. And he has kind of, I guess, gone out of his way to recast himself as, as as a nice guy. Obviously, when he was linked to Spurs, you know, stuff that he said in the past, his clash with Joe yeah. Jordan and whatever, he's done. And I think he's explained them. He's apologized for some of these things. I think obviously they're so sensitive to some people, yeah, and you yeah, can buy sure. it or not buy it. But he has made an effort, and that's why I was so surprised that that Carlo would go back to this. Yeah, and you know, and Carlo's a veteran with the media; he knows how to handle it. Yeah, uh, if he comes out and he says this, he's not misspeaking; he's doing it by choice. Definitely. So I thought that was interesting. Nah, definitely. Um, in terms of. In terms of where they are, I suggested before, they're a little thin. And I want to get to the Benzema issue because he comes back. He's fit now. He scored. Um, were you a bit surprised with the defending on the, the Benzema goal? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, Comet is not, you know, he's not the best centre-back. He's not the best defender. I don't know why then they make him take a penalty in second place after Cavani and he missed his pen and already... In the shootout, they were on, they were under pressure and on the back foot. But it's just that you watch the game and you know exactly what Karim is going to do, and then and then he fell for it really because it was a clumsy challenge. I expect Karim to go from strength to strength now. The World Cup is behind him and all the disappointment. I hope that the injuries are behind him as well. It was a quite a, a tough first half of the season where I think his mind was just about the Ballon d'Or and and winning it. And I wonder if maybe that also played a bit of a part on, you know, what happened with the injuries and stuff like that. And now all of that is behind. It's a new year that starts. He's very happy. He's, you know, he's, I, I would think that he's going to be Kareem the Dream very soon again. And, and certainly to score that first penalty as well after Cavani did his first one. And I was glad, by the way, quickly, that the two best takers took their pens first, like we saw Kylian and Messi at the, in the World Cup final. Not in the Brazil-Croatia game, of course, as we know, but I think that was the right thing to do. By the way, has he retired from the national team? He has, yeah. Officially, he announced, he announced an official retirement from yeah. the national team? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because uh, right. um, I didn't expect to ever see him again for obvious reasons, but um, yeah. I wasn't sure if he's actually... I think he might have come back had Zinedine Zidane <laughs> replaced Didier Deschamps. Now that we know right. that Deschamps is staying until 2026, I, there's no way back. Okay, so here's my thing. So first half of the season, regular listeners will know, I banged on incessantly about how you need somebody to back up Benzema because yeah. he's older, because what he did last season was superhuman and so on. And still, nobody's listening. Um, it's still Mariano and... Um, and Asensio and Rodrigo yeah. and some kind of weirdness there. It doesn't look like they didn't go for Cristiano, which was, you know, fanciful thing. Uh, you know, I didn't think it was likely, but I thought it would have been interesting. Although, who knows? I mean, I know he's supposed to make his debut with Al Nasser on the 21st, maybe. After a couple of weeks in Saudi Arabia, he's like, my God, what have I done? He can't be registered with three teams in the same season. So he, he, now he's stuck there. He can't move unless he goes back to United. 
That's it. Ooh, <laughs> how about that? Huh? No? 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 No. 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 Not, not happening. Okay. No. Um, should they move? Are they say because we go back to they, the same thing though? Who? What? Like, what? Were you going to go and get a Bohai Iglesias, for example, or someone like that? that is more body than really someone good enough for that level for that team? For I, I, I think if you have Modric and. Uh, Choumani and Vinicius setting you up. I don't think you need necessarily. If you get somebody who's okay being a backup, like I said, I, I go back to the, you know, it can be a Borja Mayoral type, but somebody who's a better alternative than Mariano Diaz. Because look, it's not like Mariano Diaz comes in and scores. No, Mariano Diaz comes in and plays badly. Some of these doesn't come in at all. You've got the oh, Asensio situation, right? And again, Asensio can't back up four positions. Neither can Rodrigo. No, right? no, no, no. I know. Right. The thing is, you can't. I mean, and you know, no. I mean, it's possible, but you. Okay. You don't get on. You don't Here. go alone for six months to Real Madrid. If well, you're, you if you're Borja Mayoral or Borja Iglesias or another another forward in La Liga already, this right. you know you would have, you sign a two and a half year, three and a half year deal. So you you have that player for a while, and you know okay. it. Uh, then Hendrik Andri- is coming. Then you got the Kylian Mbappé uh, and the uh, Erling Haaland. I want to take you back to what you said. You don't go to a club like Real Madrid on loan for six months? I don't think so. Not anymore, okay. no. I don't think so. But you go to Manchester United if you're Val Vegas? But, but that's, that's exactly <laughs> my point. No, but, but, I, I don't think but it's, it's about... A, I, I, it's a I, different I, context, but Real Madrid would never sign Vegas for six months. This is not... This is not I don't yeah, think no, and I'll tell you, I think that's wrong. I think you need insurance. I, I think... You need insurance. You don't want to. You don't need a superstar. You need if you don't like Veghorst. I'm, I'm not saying Veghorst should, should have signed for Real Madrid instead of United or whatever. But but that that thinking, because you are a man down. You are competing for 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 important things. You don't know what's going to happen with injuries and suspensions. And unless why if nothing there, happens then? Why if Karim is fit the whole season? Why if, if he's very good again? You've spent a pittance for six months on somebody who's there, who trains with you, who hangs out with Mariano on the bench, and whatever. And it doesn't cost you a lot of money. Relative to the amount of money you can lose and the trophies you fail to win, if you don't have that that option, I think it's significant. You know, it's... It's just, I don't think right now this is the policy they go after. They're like Julien Faubert years. You know, this is the Galactico team. They go for... Well, you say that, that, right? They go for Chouameni. They would go for Erling. You say that, but... Danny Ceballos is still there and he's getting playing time. And he's getting playing time because they're not bringing in another Danny Yeah, but he was not a six-month loan. He had a great season at, you know, at Betis. And then it was that time where they were signing all the best young Spanish. No, no, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is old Real Madrid would have moved Danny Ceballos and bought somebody else. Yeah, I, maybe. It, it's yeah. interesting. When yeah, yeah, financially, maybe there's a... Well, when you something. where these two clubs are run, again, juxtaposing with Barcelona... People seem to forget. Real Madrid don't have an investor. They don't it's have true. an owner putting That's in true. money, right? So they balance the books yeah. you know, every year. Um, and they've just spent 60 million on Hendrik. And they spent 60 million on Hendrik. And they were willing to push the boat out for, and they spent a lot of money on Many they were willing to push the boat out for Mbappe. Speaking of Hendrik, it's been reported in several outlets, including in Spain, that part of the way they convinced Hendrik to come was they assured him that, oh, don't worry, we won't be going for Holland or Mbappe in the next couple of years. So, you know, you will have the front line to yourself. Do you believe that? No. Yeah, I, <laughs> neither do I. I so, Andrik rocks up in Madrid on in December 2024 when he turns 18 and he's allowed. 
And what? Benzema has retired, and they're like, okay, then, here you go. Yeah, hey, we don't know if you're going to be good or not, good enough or not, because he's clearly very talented. But it might take him a couple of years, like for Vinicius, for example, to just adapt and and get the maturity and the the consistency that you you need to be a Real Madrid superstar. So what do you do in the meantime? Where well, you just, you know, I, I just don't think it's possible. And also, you can play Kylian and Hendrik. You can play Haaland and Hendrik together. Okay, the three together, maybe not. So, so like, we think that. Killian and Holland, not this summer, maybe not next summer, but at some point, yeah. Killian um, or or Holland or somebody of that magnitude or close to that magnitude is still in play for Real Madrid. Hundred percent. Maybe this summer, maybe yeah. going forward. Yeah, I'm convinced that the door will always be open for Kylian Mbappe. They might wait for him to be a free agent again, so wait another eighteen months and then go for him. Well, do we know that it's 18 months or do we know that it's because it's a two plus one deal, right? Yeah, so in 18 months. They, or a they, year from now, he's a year away from the end Yeah, of the but then you have to pay something, which I think oh. would be very difficult to find an agreement with PhD then if that's the case. But for me, that door will always be open. And then if Haaland decides to leave City at some point, then I think, again, if you're Real Madrid and you haven't signed Kylian Mbappe at that time, then you have to go and be a contender for, for Haaland. If you might not get him but i think you'd be crazy not to go for him as well how big a deal is the alibi injury going forward i think it's three weeks it should not be too bad but we saw a bit of a shaky fellow mendy in the villarreal game giving the ball away on the first yeah. goal being not very good defensively even again yesterday we mentioned the goal that lino scores the way it happens the uh, sort of apath the apathy about the the, yeah. the, the defending and again, on the, the Perez chance, right at the end, I think that's far too easy for, Villa, for, for Valencia to create that. And so, yeah, maybe defensively, it's, I, it's a bit worrying. I don't think they played very well defensively. I think they're definitely, and I think that's another area where, I'm not saying just keep adding center backs, right? Because it doesn't work that way. But if Alaba is injured or not right or going through a bad situation, if you're using Mendy, you know, if you're using Mendy at left back, as opposed to, to center back, which of course he's, he's also done, uh, you know, you're you just have Militao essentially to kind of hang and your Rudiger. head on. and 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 Rudiger, who of course comes with another raft of of potential issues. You know, yeah, yeah. So is the right back really where? They and then at the right to... back, yeah, you have Carvajal, who's older, who's kind of up and down, or then you go with Lucas Vasquez, who I think in certain games he's perfect for it and actually does a very good job. In other games, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. With so. You. To me, it's a little, I mean, we never know what's behind the curtain, right? Obviously, they had saved that money away to spend on Mbappe in the summer. They didn't spend it. You can say, oh, but they spent the money on Hendrik. Okay, fine. But they also sold Casemiro, right? Yeah. And they got Casemiro's wages off the bill. And so, a big transfer fee. Yeah. So, Hendrik and Casemiro kind of net out. So, I would have to believe that the Mbappe money yeah. is all still there. Yeah. So, I would agree. Uh, Stay tuned, because I, I think, again, maybe not January, although, again, in January, I would bolster this team yeah, maybe, with yeah, an alternative. Maybe they should. Well, maybe they will, but yeah. And, but, and the Bernabeu would be fully functioning very soon, bringing a lot more bringing money. Bringing more than, revenue yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, that's kind of where they are. Uh, final word on, on Valencia. What constitutes a good season for them, you think? Uh, it's diff I mean, it's difficult. The context is toxic. Again, I remember going to the game in... Um, 
in October before the World Cup and and the we fans like, protesting, yeah, yeah. Right. The, you know the protest against the ownership of course will always be there until the the Lim the Peter Lim family sell but I think they're doing a decent job and the the thing is they they will lose Yunus Musa at some point because he's too good for that level Cavani is as he is I think Nico was on loan from Barcelona as well yeah so there's there's a few of the the best ones that you could expect will leave at the end of the season maybe and then you'd have to start again and I think it would be difficult so I, I'm not sure what really they can expect and hope for yeah no, you're in a situation where you're very much I think putting patches on things we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. All right, enough Supercopa de Saudi Arabia. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. I've missed saying that, you know. <sighs> Manchester City are dumped out of the League Cup, losing 2-0 away to Southampton, who are bottom of the Premier League. Yeah. Jules, I don't normally put much stock or need any stock in the League Cup. And I know. Yes, Guardiola did make changes. But Nathan Jones... I went through all the all these regulars that weren't there, that didn't start. Yeah. Jay Adams, El Yunusi, the yeah. Bella Kotchep guy at the back, Perot, the Armstrong brothers, who aren't actually brothers, nope. I found out. Uh, one's Scottish and one's English, apparently. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, none of these guys started either, right? So this no. is significant. It wasn't the, the way I, the West Southampton won as well. The two goals they scored are really quality goals. And I'm obviously yeah. happy for Sekumara and his first goal for the club because he's one of mine. But the Genepo goal is a wonderful goal, really. And and then after that, City struggled. They struggled to create much with the you, ball. You don't buy this argument about the sterile possession, about like, you know, one was one was essentially a, a mistake, right? Uh, which, which prompted... Uh, it's the, an amazing finish after the mistake, though. And Kyle it's Walker like, trundling across, no? Yeah, but still, I mean, I think... The other one is a worldie, no? No, no, but I, I don't know what's your point. Well, the two incidental goals and I don't think that. No, you know what? Goals. I don't think yeah, that either. I was just playing devil's advocate. No, no, but it's just like it was one of those games, and I was at the the City Chelsea game in the cup on Sunday where they were amazing, and this this game they were just off it, and it changed at halftime, obviously, and after the hour brought the big guys in, they still had no shots on target, and they 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 they, they really struggled in that second half, I yeah. think, to get going, and it was maybe one game where either he made too many changes and, and should not have. But again, with the team that he started, that Guardiola started, you think that, that was yeah. enough to beat Southampton even away from home? Because it's Southampton's B team. Yeah. It's Southampton's well. B team. And but yeah. also, they haven't, they, they've been poor for the last yeah. few weeks since Nathan Jones, really. Now they've won as many games in the League Cup than they did in the league. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just crazy. So I think it's one of those nights. And Milan are also up. And they are of the Coppa Italia, Gab, uh, beaten by 10-man Torino, 1-0. Is this a big deal or...? I, I don't think... I think Milan's goals this season are they're going to try to catch Napoli in the league. Yeah. They're going to go as far as they can in the Champions League. They they're also going to Saudi Arabia for the uh, for their own Super That's Cup right. uh, against against Inter. Uh, I'm not, they do have the squad to compete in this too. They made some changes. Charles de Ketelar actually started well and then yeah. basically disappeared. You know they had their chances. They got they get caught on the break. They're out. You know take it on the chin. They had chances later. It is disappointing when, you know, you can't score against a 10-man team. Yeah. Um, and there's things to work on. But I think what we know is that this is not a squad where the starters and reserves are interchangeable. It may be where they yeah, want to be, true. but it's not where they are. Yeah. No problems for Manchester United, on the other hand, who dispatched Charlton 3-0 as Marcus Rashford scores twice. The second one in the definition of garbage time. Uh, but still, he has scored in six straight games. He has 15 goals in all competitions this season. And we're barely at the halfway mark. We're not even at the halfway mark. No. Can we definitely say he's back? Yeah, I think we can. I think uh, while you were away after every United win, because they've won 18 in a row now, by the way. Uh, and every time he scored, we were like, oh, wow, Marcus Rashford again and again and again. So Don gave his opinion and Robo and Nadem and all of that. And yeah, it's, what I loved about that cameo performance, because he was a, obviously came on quite late. Half an hour, right? The, I think he, he touched the balls five times. Um, or he got the ball five times. There was more touches, but he got the ball five times. The first three times lost it dispossessed and then the next two scored two goals and I think now that he's got that confidence maybe before the first three balls would have been a bit like oh no man come on again you know I can't get the game right and this and now it doesn't even matter because he knows that at some point he's going to get that chance and be so clinical which he was and the Pellistri ball is great his first touch maybe not so much he still scores the Casemiro ball is amazing his first touch is perfect the finish is, is great too if that's the way it is, and I can't wait to see him against City at the weekend in the derby. Yeah, it's just quickly on this. We saw Garnacho with his tricks. I thought he's growing in confidence, still raw, but you know he can contribute. Pelisi, there's talk that he may go again. Um, yeah, which maybe, would make yeah. sense. What'd you make of the kid, Kobe? Yeah, I thought he was good. I mean, Ten Hag said that he trained really well and deserved to start. Played and, an hour. Yeah, it's, it's seventeen years old. I know. <laughs> and I guess a game like that, Old Trafford against a League One team, is probably right to put you in for your mm. first game, you know, debut for the team. So, well done to him. And sticking with United Gab, Woodveig Horst is on his way over from Besiktas. He should be confirmed today. It's going to cost them around three million euros for half of the season. Half of season is that a good business for you? Relative to what Chelsea are paying for Joao Felix, yeah, of course, you, this is tremendous business. Yeah. Um, I, for those who are unclear on this, he is a Burnley player, but you know there's no recall clause. It's unusual to have a recall clause for veterans anyway. When you're, um, when especially when you're moving to another country in Europe, uh, so Besiktas says, "Well, hey guys, hang on, we need to find a replacement, and we want some money back, yeah, and rightly so." I think it's good. I, I think it's another body. People have compared this to when they signed, you know, Ojo and Igalo. The difference is that, you know, this is six-month loan deal. This is a player who, you know, Ten Hag and players who are either Dutch or played in Holland, you know, there's a certain affinity there. Of course, there. yeah. He's different from it's the other players profile, they have. Yeah, that's why they He's want humble. It. Um, why not? Yeah, as I said, you need a body. In the same way Real Madrid, need, I think, could use another body. You know, why not Veghorst? Yeah. Lionel Messi returns three and a half weeks after the World Cup final and scores for Paris Saint-Germain as they beat Angers 
two nil yeah. to become winner champions in league on with a bit of help from Lons lost yeah so it's four champions as we call it champion de ton in france but in winter <laughs> this time which is weird uh and every, every time to be fair they didn't play well it was a boring game really apart from the um it was the goal early from ekitike and then the and tap then nothing in late happened. from and then literally nothing happened the second half was uh I, I thought it was an embarrassment. But anyway, he scored a lovely goal with his right foot, which is rare enough to mention. <clears throat> and his name was obviously, uh, you know, uh, cheered and, and, and they were happy. He didn't have a proper sort of like presentation on the pitch with the World Cup or the medal. Things you like don't that. really want to be trolling the no, French fans. Uh, Michel Montana, who is our speaker, like, you know, a speaker, you said, yeah, on the like, pitch stadium announcer. announcer. Yeah. Didn't say he was a World Cup winner uh, either, uh, but yeah, good to see him back. <laughs> and now uh, we're waiting for the next game against Rennes, which should be more challenging than that one against Angers, bottom of the table. Gab, staying with PSG, according to a report from Football Benchmark, PSG lost 369 million euros in 21-22. They have already been fined 10 million by uh, UEFA for viola violating FFP. And if they don't, meet compliance targets, they would be fined another 55 million. How, how worrying is this, do you think? Yeah, and by the way, this season, it's things have gotten even more expensive because they spent more money in the summer and gave Mbappe a new contract. Um, I, like, PSG had 670 million in, in revenue. Now, that's like the baseline figure, including yeah. the, I'm doing air quotes with this listening at home, sponsorship from, from Qatar. Uh, they're... Squad costs, meaning the amortization of the players they signed and the wages, is seven hundred and twenty-eight million. Which is, I don't see how you square the books. I think this you, is this is the big challenge yeah, for, you yeah. for UEFA. You know, these are significant fines. There's also punishments, which are sporting punishments that I think they need to look at if they're serious about it. Yeah. Obviously, people are going to look at it and say, oh, look, Nasser Al-Khalifi is the head of the European Clubs Association and Chef Friends Ally, and so it'll be a soft touch. I think there's a lot at stake here. But who knows? No, maybe in the summer? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe yeah. in the summer they'll sell Killian for $300 million. No, I imagine. Books. Maybe. More Paris Saint-Germain. Inter Miami manager Phil Neville. Oh, Phil. Was asked about Messi, and he said, and I quote, Rest assured, we're working Rest. every second of every day to bring in the best players, and I think he's one of the best, unquote. Uh, Jules, he's not giving up. No, rest assured, Phil, uh, if you're watching or listening. Um, so are PSG and, you know, and, and maybe others, I don't know. But right now, we know there's an agreement in principle between Messi and Messi camp and PSG to stay just a bit longer. I mean, good on Inter Miami not to give up. I think, you know, Keep trying uh, because should they be working stays, every second of every day on a different player? Is that what you're saying? I think I think I was going to finish by saying that Phil Neville especially should work every second of every day trying to make his team better and himself better as a manager. Just make make it what you want from what I've just said. Inter struggle, Inter as in the real Inter struggle, but eventually beat Parma in extra time to advance in the Coppa Italia two one. But Gab, how about Gigi Buffon's? Uh, 44 years old, obviously starting for Parma in goal. Well, first of all, let me apologize to fans of the other Inter because you're also real Inter, Internacional de Porto Alegre, of course. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, That's who I meant. But, uh, well, first of all, Buffon made some tremendous saves. It's crazy. He's 44 years of age. Jules, he's yeah, older than you. I know, man. I mean, come on, man. I I, what are we talking about here? Love that. Um, I think Inter really struggled in this yeah. game. I think they looked really, really flat. The, uh, they went a goal down. The equalizer came courtesy of a big deflection. The winner, 
was a bizarre winner in extra time where of all people the ball comes to a chair to be you know the big ugly center yeah. back at the end of the not ugly ugly where he plays ugly play, yeah. he's not elegant not an elegant player uh and he heads the ball from the edge of the box. There's a big looping header in um, to Bizarro goal. Not a good performance. Again, Inter, I say, we're focused on other things. Okay, great. You're focused on other things. But Badmar and Serie B for a reason. And, and I think you expect more. But shout yeah. out to Fede Di Marco, I think, who, again, was really, really good. Yeah, though. really good. Arsenal beat Oxford United in the FA Cup back on Monday night. 3-0 as Anin Ketia bags two goals. Jules, Gabriel, who? Yeah, I mean, they took their time and eventually, I think, prevailed. First goal on set pieces, just unlocked the game. Uh, Mo, Mo Elneny with the goal. Fabio Vieira with the assist. And then, Eddie Nketiah, yeah, two really good finishes. The first one on the, the ball from Fabio Vieira, really lovely through ball. Around the keeper, the second one on the Martinelli assist, where he kind of dinks it a little bit. It, great, it, sh- it shows the confidence. This was no offence to Oxford fans, but only Oxford's. Let's see, I guess, suppose if he can do the same. Sticking with that game, Gab, the FA investigating Oxford defender Kieran Brown for the yellow card he received. Yeah, this this looked really, really bad. Eh? Yeah. So the allegation is there's this thing called, uh, I think it's called spot fixing or something, where uh, you know you can bet the, the time a yellow card or who's going to receive a yellow card. Um, and obviously, I'm assuming he denies all allegations. If you look at the way he received the yellow card, which is basically he fouls somebody and then he gets the ball and he starts running back with it, doesn't give it back. It doesn't look good. It doesn't mean anything's there. But you know what? You can find these things out. You can look at the betting patterns. Let's hope that this is just a mix. Chelsea kick off in a few hours against Fulham. But in the meantime, Graham Potter has a big name reinforcement. Jean-Felix has joined on loan through the end of the season for 11 million euros. Plus his wages, of course. Jules. Yeah, I think that's an expensive six-month loan because there's no option to buy or obligation to buy either. He's a very talented kid. We love him, of course. I just don't think he's the answer on his own to all the attacking issues from from a Chelsea point of view. I'm expecting another signing as a forward to go with Joao Felix because right now there's no runners in that team, for example. There's similar players in the way they ask for the ball at at feet. I just don't think on his own he he will be the solution. He's not the answer to anything. I think, I mean, he, he, if you want to go and nurture him and turn him back so he can tap into his talent, fine. But in terms of the type of player he is and what he does, He's not a normal fit. Could he come in and play really great because he's very talented? Sure. But I don't think this is what Graham Potter no, needs I at agree. all. And this is a ton of money. And again, brings you back to the George mendes Bowley relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plenty of reports out of Spain that Barcelona could welcome back Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. That's true. If Memphis Depay moves on and to go to Atletico Madrid, for example, and if Aubameyang takes a pecker, if he's free, yeah, there's a lot of if in there. Yeah, there, <laughs> but what a crazy story that would be. Uh, there, there's, there's a ton of ifs. Uh, yeah, if basically, if everything is on Barcelona's terms, then <laughs> they'll take him back. But let's also remember the reasons why he left Barcelona in the city yeah. in the first place. I, I don't think this is happening. Even more Chelsea as they're linked with Marcus Turam, whose contract expires in June. Is he the answer? I think he, will, he could be part of the answer, certainly. Wait, is he the center forward I they're looking for? Uh, certainly, I think there's someone that they could do with and that could do well there. Uh, he's not a world-class striker yet. Right. But, but he'll, so, look, he'll be free in June, right? That's, yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, I think <laughs> you could wait for June, of course, and get him on a free. You can move in now. It won't cost you too much. Uh, but clearly, his great World Cup has brought in a lot of interest. Newcastle beat Leicester 2-0 to advance to the League Cup semi-final gap. This was more one-sided than the score suggests. I mean, they were all over them. Yeah, they were all over them and played with so much intensity, yeah. so much energy. Obviously, Leicester maybe, you know, have other things. Whereas you feel that for Newcastle, 
this is a priority. Newcastle obviously haven't won silverware in ages. This is something which I think they feel is attainable, even more so. They know that it's a time, but obviously yeah. City are out exactly. uh, as well. They're going to like their chances. But how about the Dan Byrne goal? Oh, my God. If Dan Byrne scores goal like that, you know something special is happening there. Oh, I, I love it with the big it man with great. the feet. It was part strength, part so close control, good. the ball falling for him. His family being in the stand, being a Geordie himself. And yeah, the guy's from Newcastle. The dance He's move a fan. after. It's an amazing story. It's, it's an like There's a lot of things to maybe question about Newcastle, but the excitement they brought yeah. to the city, the way they're playing, well done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nottingham Forest are also in the League Cup semi-final. They beat Wolverhampton Wanderers on penalties. And as Morgan Gibbs-White makes a heel turn Mm. against his old club. We need to explain this a little bit, Jules, because we'd be surprised if most people are watching the other game. Yeah, so it's the penalty shooter. Of course, Morgan Gibbs-White was a former Wolves player. And I believe he was homegrown at Wolves as well. Yeah, homegrown. Very talented kid, of course, part of that. Uh, great generation of, of England youth players who won the World Cup uh, in the 17, I think it was, and and then left to go to Forest on a big transfer, sort of big money transfer, to be fair. Scores his penalty, then there's the celebration, and then uh, every single Forest player doing the celebration as the well. The celebration was he, put, he yeah. puts his fingers in his like ears. The like Memphis the Memphis Depay. And, yeah, because you know, he's been of, booed. In front of the Wolves fans. And then the Wolves players, which I thought was a bit over the top, really, reacting really badly, angrily. I mean, I guess you, you, the way you lose on penalties like that, a quarterfinal of a, of a cup game, is, is frustrating. But yeah, it's then it kicked off, really kicked off. Well, I also kind of feel to some degree, right, is okay. The guy scores. He gets booed, and Wolves fans have every right to yeah, boo the whole game, their yeah. own and whatever. That's fine. You know, I got no issue with that whatsoever. He does a celebration. And then if you're Wolves, you kind of get your back because then the next dude who, who took the penalty, I forget who it was, goes and does the same celebration, yeah. mocking, mocking him. And I'm like, all right, we're even now, right? You know, let the fans have it. I mean, unless something was said... Yeah, uh, you would it's, think it's so hard maybe, to judge, but I don't know. It doesn't yeah. seem necessary. No, definitely not. The FA have confirmed that the chain Renboy is considered discrimination and they will take action against clubs whose who's, who's fans sorry, sing it. Gam, some of our listeners might not know what it means. Yeah, you hear this a lot from away fans at Chelsea. So uh, Rent Boy, uh, which I'd say this is not a term I had heard before I, I moved to England, uh, is a male uh, gay prostitute. And the thinking is, I'm trying to explain this from a northern perspective. I'm not from up north. But I think the idea is that Chelsea, because they had a reputation of being somewhat flash, somewhat defeat, you know, this feeds into certain stereotypes or or whatever. Um, Again, you hear this all the time. I don't think you just hear it at Chelsea. I think you hear it uh, at other other London clubs when when teams from the north come. Um, I mean... I didn't occur to me necessarily if is it is it the prostitution part is it that I, yeah, I don't quite I don't, know either, I, I don't but you know what there's no reason to be discriminatory and 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 and, and defensive so you know people have been warned let's see if the if the yeah. FA act. 
Jules, I feel like I need an update from the wild world of French FA boss, Noël Legrand. Yes, we got him. Finally, we got him. He uh, was withdrawn to Borussia. So he hasn't resigned. He hasn't been sacked either. At the moment, he's only withdrawn from his role as the head of the French well, FA. He self-suspended himself. Yeah, or self-suspended. Well, suspended by, well, yeah, by himself and by his uh, exec committee. Uh, which uh, got together yesterday and it's crazy after those crazy few days the way Legrette disrespected Zidane on Sunday of course but on the back of everything else that's been happening in the last the, few the, weeks those words with the is it Sonia Sudi is that Suid, yeah Suid agent that she revealed I, how it's just pretty awful stuff yeah and that's she's not the only one unfortunately there's plenty other women who worked at the federation who are still working with the federation who've been harassed by him for dinners and coming to his apartment late and and you know more inappropriate gestures or messages or things like that um so he's kind of out of the picture but not really completely out yet but we expect it to be very soon anyway philippe diallo who was his vice president who is a very different guy, um, has kind of taken over, taken over now, uh, and we will see. Well, but I think for the for the sake of French football, Noël Legrette at 81 years old and after 12 years at the at the helm needs to disappear completely. What I don't understand about this guy is, like you said, he's 81 years old, right? So he must have been reelected several times. He must have a power base. Yeah, that's his third. Who story. likes him? Or is it just because the guy before him, Escalette, was the guy who had the whole stuff with with Raymond Dominic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got he's got allies. To be fair, within the exec committee, uh, I think very powerful men in French football, like Jean-Michel Aulas, for example, had a very good relationship with Noël Legrade, who's a very smart guy, who's a businessman, who did really well for himself, but ran that federation like a dic- like a dictator, really, on his own terms. So it was all about him, all about the way he was running. There was a lot of toxic environment within the federation, the big malaise. And just, just recently, look how the way Deschamps got his new deal. Le Gret decided on his own, when usually the rule is that he goes to the exec committee and they agree collectively that, yes, right. we give a new contract to the head coach. No, he did that on his own. And, and this is not the way of running. It's not a democratic way of running a federation. And that, that was wrong from the beginning, but it was the impunity was just out of this world. So I'm glad that finally we got rid of him. I'm guessing nobody's left to defend him. Not really, no. Enzo Fernandez called for Benfica in the 2-0 Cup win against Varzim. Chelsea had reportedly, as we know, made a bid. Uh, but the way he celebrated suggests that, you know, I think he's staying. The, uh, the shirt and the finger staying and me staying kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, look, if now he moves and it's an even bigger like wow. WWE that heel is. turn, you know. Um, by the way, uh, reports WWE. So I just inject this like reports that they're being bought by Saudis by PIF. How about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, not confirmed yet. I don't think, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, I. Obviously, has an enormous release clause. I, I was shocked that Chelsea moved so quickly and decided. Well, maybe I shouldn't be, um, given no. given who's still running Chelsea. Yeah. But uh, a wonderful player. I, I think it's a ton of money, but less than his release cost, which I think his release cost was one hundred twenty odd million. Yeah. When you then go out and you celebrate like that, uh, and when your manager Roger Schmidt comes out and says, "No, no, he's staying, he's staying, he's staying," he's told me he's staying. For him to now move. Yeah, I mean, you I really have to be the worst person in the world. So I'm guessing he's there, you know, through the summer. There's yeah. summer, who knows? But for now, you know, good for him to make that I statement. I agree with you. Uh, 
Let's stay in Portugal, where Roberto Martinez is the new national team manager, but who's taking his old job with Belgium? That's the question, Gab. We we don't know yet. Uh, they're still, they've just finished, they've just closed. The, I don't know if you send your CV. I have not applied. Everybody could I have sent it. They my closed time. the application, I think, yesterday or the day before yesterday. Um, so they've received all the applications from... Rafa Benitez? Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Rafa Benitez, Claude Puel, maybe. Hervé Renard said that he didn't send his. Thierry Henry said he didn't send his. What about Thomas Henry? Thomas Henry? Maybe. Although you know. he could be player... Player manager, coach. yeah. I'm not sure they would go down that route. Uh, Dean Louis, Louis Van Gaal, for example, who said before that he, was in, he would be interested that he loves Belgium, where he obviously played and managed. Um, so... Sorry, Louis Van Gaal, who's... Because he's very old and retires from yeah. Holland and goes to manage Belgium next door. Yeah, imagine. I mean, that would be, that would be crazy. Um, so, let's see. I mean, I think Thierry wants the job, even if he hasn't applied for it. Technically, uh, I think we've heard from Jeremy Doku, for example, saying that Thierry would be the best candidate to pick. Lukaku said the well, same. I, I'll say this. Aldevarel said the same. If he hasn't applied, if you say because he this knows, is the process, you but, have to apply, you have to send a CV, and he doesn't do that, then... But, but they know, the Federation knows that he wants the job. Okay, then I, I hope the Federation was clear and said, hey, send in your resume... But then we might not pick from the resume. I know, but if your whole dressing room wants we already, you know, Thierry, it would be strange no, no, for just, you not just, to appoint him. No, but there, there has to be a process, I'm saying. That, yeah, that, that's true, all I'm saying. true, yeah. true. Uh, yeah, true. But let, let's see. I think it's, a, it's still a very attractive job. And I believe they received a lot of applications. So let's see who they, who maybe the shortlist is and who they go, they go for. Aston Villa have the first signing of the Unai Emery era, Gab. Uh, they've signed Alex Moreno from Betis for 13 million euros. And they are suggesting that they also want, especially Unai, Matteo Genduzzi from Marseille, bringing him back to the Premier League. Well, he was actually productive under Unai, wasn't he? He was so, good, yeah. They loved each other. You know, back when he had the big hair, you know. Still has. Maybe they'll get even bigger. Maybe that's <laughs> a secret to it. I, um, I think Alex Moreno is a phenomenal player. I don't know that... I, I'm fascinated by him because is he really a left back? Is he really a left-sided midfielder? Is he a left winger? Yeah, maybe He's got a lot of options. You can use him in many different ways. Obviously, yeah. he's a player um, that, that he's going to know well. Obviously, Luca Dean out. So I'm guessing the thinking is there. I think he's 29 and I think it's a four-year yeah. contract, which yeah, yeah. is pretty hefty yeah, for yeah, a guy who you know, will need to adapt to this country. But there's a good player in there. Um, Quinn Doozy, I don't know. Why wouldn't Marseille... Let it means he died. Oh, they need to balance the books. So they need money in. They've signed Malinowski, of course. And already we're wondering if Malinowski just come in to replace Ganduzi, who had been playing higher up the pitch under Tudor. And that now you cash in on someone that you only paid 11 million euros for that you can easily sell for, sell for 30 now. So it would be profit-wise, really good deal. And Ganduzi, a World Cup finalist, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, World Cup finalist. <laughs> He's yeah. got a runners-up medal. Yeah, he has the runners-up medal. And so does Hugo Lloris, who oh, of course also has a winner's medal. He has announced his retirement from international football. Oh. He's 36. He has 145 caps. Yeah. Uh, I think he's been, he's captain the team forever. This makes sense. Uh, and this paves the way for Magic Mike, if he ever yeah, returns. Yeah, it makes sense. He explained that he wanted, in a very good interview in L'Equipe, that wanted to to just retire at the, at the top. And he felt, even if the final was lost, of course, against Argentina, he felt like that. Um, so he, he thought it was the right time, I think, the children miss him when he goes away on international duties and, and the big tournament and things like that. That was also a big part of, of him stepping down from the national team. 
We will miss him. He's been such a great servant to French football for 14 years. As you said, he captained the team for 121 caps of those 145, so pretty much the whole time. And great achievement in what he won on the, the finals that he lost as well. He was saying in the interview that there's a lot of vice in his career, vice World Cup champion, you know, vice, uh, you know, uh, vice European champion. runners up, yeah. Yeah, runners up in the Champions League, in the Euros, in the World Cup, uh, in the league, both in England it's and in fine. France. It's fine, but you also well. have an actual first place okay, medal. I know, but imagine if all those runners up medals had been winner's medal. Yeah, and if my aunt had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. Come I know, on, but like, you know what I mean? So I love him, of course, and now Magic Mike is going to be the number one at 27, uh, and he's got really good few years ahead of him once he's fit i think and fit magic mike is in my opinion even better than 36 year old yes so and i think who's gonna i think hugo knows that has he named a captain not yet and i think there's three contenders really varane is one griezmann is one and kilian is the other one so let's see who deschamps picks Intro, who would you pick? because the reason i ask is varane seems very low-key and yeah. injured all the time griezmann yeah, but you're kind of forcing yourself. I got to play this dude all the time. Which he does already because he's played like 73 games he's in fine, a row. So. But you are kind of shoehorn, you know, you're kind of pigeonholing yourself a little bit with somebody who, you know, you're playing him in a different position than what he plays at club level. Yeah. And Mbappe, still pretty young. You are kind of really making a commitment. I mean, he's 24. I think Lloris was captain at 23. Different personalities, of course, yeah. but I think Kylian has showed especially through the World Cup in terms of leadership qualities on and off the pitch, off the pitch especially, that he could be the captain. Uh, I, I think it will be him. I might be wrong. It could be Varane, who is the vice captain, who has worn the armband, I think, 20 times or something like that. Uh, so it would be, as you said, kind of logical to go for Varane if you were from a Deschamps point of view. But I can see Kylian getting it. Not Pogba is like a Davis Cup captain? I imagine that. I didn't think about that. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. Pedro Porro has been linked with a move from Sporting to Tottenham for 45 million euros, which is his release clause. Gab, do you like this option? And is he going to play with Doherty and Emerson Royal and Jed Spence as a fourth right wing back? So, Matt I mean, surely not that many right wing backs, right? No, but I think he's going to look to, like, you know, he kind of went out of his way to say that Jed Spence was a club signing. Yeah. Uh, read into it what you will. Yeah. Emerson Royal, I think, has just been up and down and up and I down. I mean, I think he's rubbish anyway. I don't, so, yeah. I don't think that's the answer. Doherty, I don't think, is a Conte-type player. And he's 30 years old. Um, you know, Porro's got a nice city pedigree. Yeah, of course. Um, of course, of course. It, it, it's, remember when he trolled Pep Guardiola when Sporting played City in the Champions League a couple years ago? No, I don't remember that. I did some, some weird thing about how like he wasn't given a chance at City. Oh, and, yeah. Well, I mean, and yeah, whatever. And feel a bit. He seems to have that little fire. He seems to be a Conte-type player. 45 million. Still a lot of yeah. money. Marseille make it five wins in a row after uh, beating Trois 2-0. Jules, my boy Igor hey. Tudor is in fuego. Yeah. Uh, the players like him now, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit up and down, obviously, the, the way they... When out of Europe, remember that big game against <laughs> against Spurs where they consider that late, the fans late, like late, 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 late goal. I mean, when you win, of course they like you. And to be fair, they played really well. I mean, trois rubbish, but they played really well with a lot of intensity, a lot of movement, a lot of running, which is what Tudor wants. I think Malinowski is a very smart signing too. Uh, and I think they will do a striker too, which they need because Alexis Sanchez can't at 33, you know, play 
all those games on his own up front and all of that. Uh, and they're closing the gap with Lance, who dropped two points at Strasbourg. So between them in third and Lance in second, the gap is only two points now. So it's going to be a fascinating second half of the season for them with, with again, only the league and the French Cup to play, but only the league really to focus on. Everton fans are planning another sit-in protest against the club's leadership and Frank Lampard isn't too popular. Either, Gab, how will this end? So, a couple of things here. It's obviously they've been unhappy for a long, long time. Um, Farhad Mashiri came out and he wrote an open letter to the fans. I think he's he's meeting with it. seemed to be more dialogue. I think they're, they're, they're obviously still, many are still annoyed with, with Frank Lampard Jr. Yeah. But... They're also kind of moving their attention, maybe more, at least in the public, to decisions made above, right? Helen Baxter, Baxendale, whatever her name is, Barrett Baxendale, yeah. uh, and Mashiri. And I think they're taking the, they're taking the, the discussion there. I think the dialogue is important. Um, and well done, Mashiri, for, for speaking to them. The fans aren't always going to get their way. I don't think these have been great owners. Um, no. they've I spent mean, they invest money. in money. I mean, they, they have. Not you so know, but when you go through hard. like three different yeah, records of, of football, now this guy Thelwell's in charge. Let's see what you know. Let's see what he can do. Um, but this is this is an important club, especially in the context big, big of England. England. And the stadium club. is coming as well. And they're working on the stadium, mm. so you know th- th- there's a lot at stake there. Cardiff have paid not the first installment of the transfer fee for the late Emiliano Sala. Jules, this story still haunts me. Yeah, Gab, at least uh, is the first step towards, I think, the... I was going to say closure. Closure is the wrong word, but as sad as the whole story was, Cardiff owed none for that transfer that happened and was signed off and was, like, you know, registered and validated. Unfortunately... We never got to see him play for Cardiff, but so the money has to be paid. Uh, and they did pay the first installment of seven million pounds or eight million pounds. So there's more to be paid. But I think it's a step from the right direction. If you, if you feel aggrieved as Cardiff as a football club, of course, but this is the right thing to do. And I'm glad, I'm glad they eventually started to, to do it. And what I'm glad about too is that there was a court case here as well. There was a verdict. People were, were found responsible yeah. for what happened to Emiliano Sala with that with a tragic flight and uh, you know the checks that you know allegedly were supposed to have been made weren't made, the conditions, mm. all this stuff. Yeah. Completely. I don't know if this provides any kind of comfort to somebody who's gone. Um but I think it's worth remembering how we got in this situation. It yeah. may never happen again. Yeah. Former international defender Mimo Crescito has left Toronto FC and returned to Genoa for the third up gab. But there's a little twist in there. There is a little twist. I love it when players take pay cuts. Oh, well done, Mimo. So he's 36 years old, obviously former Italian international. Uh, he's come back. Uh, Genoa is left back, whose name is Casey Renner. Genoa in Serie B right now uh, is injured. And he says, hey, I can play left back. I, I played some oh, left back. Lovely. I play, can play left center back too. Um, you know, I played professionally in MLS for Toronto. I don't know how he did. I'm assuming not very well. He started 14 games for them. Um, but he says like, and if, you know, you only have to pay me the league minimum, which works out. It's it's about 2,300 euros net uh, a month, which works out to maybe, what, 40,000 euros a year, maybe something like that. Um, he's not there for the money. He's there because he loves the club. If he's Aww. rubbish, if he can't play anymore, he won't play. But, you know, that's, that's the right. great. I, I'd like to see more people go and yeah. do that. You yeah. know, because a lot of people, like, do a lot of talking. And then, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Mikhaila Mudrik from Shakhtar Donetsk continues to be linked with Arsenal. And Jules, you have an update on the Ukrainian. Yeah, I mean, just on the Ukrainian fact- Neymar. Oh, the Ukrainian say. Neymar. I mean, if 
but they, yes, they, he's starting the days like uh, winter camp like in in Spain, I think they are, uh, and you see f- videos of him training and Shakhtar putting the videos like of him, you know, with the weights and stuff like that to show like yeah, he's still with us for now. But the two clubs are negotiating. The valuation is different now between right now between what Arsenal. Are I mean, ready it's to not a hundred million anymore. No, no, I mean they were they wanted a bit less than that on the back of what Anthony cost. United on the back of what um, of what others have cost as well in his kind of position. There was another winger that I can't remember. Oh, Jack Grealish, of course, and what he cost to City. Mudrik is a different different player who's not played much for Shakhtar's first team, for example. And so they're just negotiations. He's still the priority for Arsenal and they're still very keen on him. And I think he would improve their squad obviously massively and Arteta could turn him into something very special. But for now, I don't believe there's been a breakthrough yet in the negotiation. You know what I would do if I were Edu? Uh, you know, negotiating on behalf of Arsenal with them. I would say like, oh, when you bring up Oh, but look, Anthony cost a hundred million, or, or Grealish cost a hundred million. I say, well, first of all, Anthony was signed by Manchester United, so let's leave that to one side. Yeah, uh, Grealish, I think most people would agree, he was not worth the money that they spent for him. And uh, but if you if you you know if you go and you you bring me Anthony and uh, uh, and Grealish, I'll see you that, and I'll raise you Kvartskalia. Look, yes, he came from Ukraine. How much did he cost? Yeah, really? Did did he cost? Did, did, did he cost 100 million? No. No. Is Mudrik better than Kvartskalia? Is he eight times, six, seven times better than Kvartskalia? You know, no, keep negotiating. Because 100 is just a nice round number, right? Let's yeah. pull this. I mean, great player. And obviously, look, I'm joking about Shakhtar. I feel bad for yeah, yeah, everything they've been through. Been through, And yeah. they're entitled to, to, to try to get the best possible. Yeah, friends, and they need money as well. And they want the most they can. But you can't just. Use Anthony as a benchmark. No, you know. I agree with you, definitely. Tottenham won't be activating the option, optional one-year extension of Lucas Moura's contract, which means that he becomes a free agent in June and will leave the club. Uh, which I think makes sense. He's 30 years old. Uh, he obviously doesn't, you know, he's on starter money and he's not a starter now as no. it is. Yeah, he's hardly played this season, yeah. I think he can still contribute somewhere but probably not at Spurs I think it'd be a smart pickup um on on a free and I, and I think and I think this makes sense for for Tottenham and yeah five years he's been and I wish him well you yeah. know he's been there he's done his part and move on completely Arsenal have unveiled some neat artwork oh, at the Emirates yeah. I know Jules you're excited you're especially I just think it's in. amazing I just think it's amazing what they've done it takes stadium artwork to a new level uh and Arsenal already set the bar at a certain level with those with those big statues where they have like uh like certain not the, not the statues but the the mural of of Tony Adams embracing yeah, so, players from the past and and now Herbert those Chapman banners or yeah yeah no but and then those banners made with fans it was a very collective like effort the Arsenal family got together if you want former players all of that and you've got different banners celebrating the club the club history the fans the invincibles the, the women's side that won everything and was unbeatable as well and all of that and I think it's great and I just hope no no just because it's awesome, but I just hope other clubs do the same you know get together with the fans and former players current players to get something done special for the stadium that when you travel to the stadium you identify yourself to it you feel at home you feel welcome you feel that connection with your football club whatever the level it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be yeah. a big stadium or a big Premier League top side whatever you want it's- it, it certainly resonates more than like hiring some artist or architects or nothing to do with the club and say like you know obviously you need the architect to build yeah the but they've been Arsenal fans as well or yeah. decorations you know why not get them completely involved? I agree with you I, I think it's great what they did 
Gab, with Bill Foley's acquisition of Bournemouth, 40% of Premier League clubs are now US-owned. So that's a law. And you wrote a column about this and the fact that this may bring some change soon to how the league is run. Yeah, so my column was inspired by the newsletter from, from the excellent Swiss ramble, Kieran O'Connor, who reminded us of something significant, that the Premier League has, as a whole, has made an operating loss in eight of the last 10 years. Yeah. Now we're talking operating loss, which means actual like money that comes in and out, excluding player trading. There's player trading. We've talked to you, regular you know, amortization and all these doodads and stuff. That's kind of something different. Um, I'm just wondering about this. Why are these people continuing to buy into it? Because they're not super fans. It's not a vanity purchase from mm -hmm. what I can tell. You know, vanity purchase, Bournemouth. Um, you're doing this because you want a return. You want to run a profitable business. And it makes sense because the Premier League is by far the most successful league in the world. It has a legitimate global footprint and all this stuff. And it could take off in the U.S. even more than it has and whatever. But, you know, there's three reasons you buy an asset. You buy an asset because you like it and it gives you personal enjoyment or political clout or whatever. Uh, that's one reason. That's not the case with Bournemouth or some of these other U.S. acquisitions yeah. of machine. You buy it because it makes money and... You know, it really doesn't. Not in real terms right now. Actually, most of them, you know, lose money or at best break even. Yeah. Or you do it because you think it's going to appreciate in value over time. And obviously, uh, Manchester United has, Chelsea has. Although then again, he spent so much money on it. Who actually knows? Uh, Liverpool has, but there's no guarantee that it's going to continue, that somebody's going to come on and be like, oh yeah, you know, there's no guarantee the Glazers are going to get their seven billion or, or the FSG are going to get their three billion for, for Liverpool. So I'm wondering at some point whether there's going to be an appetite there to say, you know what, let's have serious cost controls. Let's, the NFL is very profitable. Why? Because they spend 48% of, uh, of the league revenue they spend that on players, right? No more than that. On That's salaries, you mean? On, on wages, yeah. Yeah, well, they don't have transfer fees, right? Yeah. So all they spend on players is not. In football, the average in the Premier League in the last pre-pandemic year was around 65% in, in the Premier League. Um, but then on top of that, of course, you've got player acquisition costs. And, yeah. you know, you had net spends. It's more than a billion every year. So what if they went out and they said, you know what? Let's have a proper cap. Tied to, tied to revenue on yeah. what we can spend. A little bit like they do in Spain. Yeah. What if they go and they impose this on the league? What if they go further? What if they say, let's not have three relegation spots. Why we, Let's make all our teams more valuable by having two relegation spots or one or maybe even zero. I, it seems far-fetched, but yeah, at yeah, some yeah, point, these people mean. are businessmen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to make a profit. They need to, they need to get a return. That's why they do this. And it only takes 14 votes out of 20, 20 yeah. so uh, to go and turn it. And it's yeah. not just the American owners who would like this, by the way. The other guys, they're not morons. They're businessmen too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not, I, this is a, this is a, just a scenario and it may be far-fetched, but, you know, Super League seemed far-fetched. Uh, Project Big Six seemed far-fetched as well. So, yeah. I don't know, stay tuned. It's just a talking point. And let's remind everybody for Bournemouth that Michael B. Jordan, the actor, you know, Black Panther and Creed, if you, that's what you like, is also... And Friday uh, Night Lights. Yeah, of course. Come Friday on, Night Lights, Friday Night Lights. He's a co-owner of Bournemouth Football Club. So, you know, Hollywood again in England in the Premier League. Yeah, I don't know how much he actually owns, but... Yeah. I know, but still, he was there on the pitch with his scarf and, yeah. you know, looking sharp. Lawns are held at Strasbourg, which is how Paris Saint-Germain became winter champions. Jules... I think they've lost one game all season long. Now, it's also they don't play in Europe. Fine. 
But it's still pretty neat. Hey, it's an amazing season. Who we else has lost one game all season long? Yeah. In the big five. PSG and Arsenal and Napoli. And that's it, I think. It's pretty good company to keep. Yeah. Or maybe Barca. One defeat, maybe, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. And you were aware, obviously, and you didn't see the, their win against PSG on, on, on New Year's Day. But they were wonderful, incredible. Even against Strasbourg last night, they were being lucky to only draw. Uh, because they played really well still. Uh, so now the gap is six points, which is not uncatchable, but it's still six points against a PSG team with Neymar, Kylian and Messi, of course. But even if they finish second, it would be an incredible achievement. Well done to Frank Hayes, the very, very good coach that they have. As we mentioned before, Joseph Ugolian, their owner, and all the work that they do there because it's, it's just brilliant, brilliant work. And again, it's the way a football club should be run and a first team and a squad should be run as well. So, you know, well done to them. Chelsea are considering giving Tiemwe Bakayoko, one of my Paris born and bred boys, of course, the <laughs> Ross Barkley treatment and terminating his contract. Gab is on loan at Milan and has made zero appearances this season. Yeah, so it's a he, such a shame, man. It's such a, a two-year loan at Milan, and the reason he's not made any appearances supposedly is at some point they trigger a clause where they have to take him, make the deal permanent, and they're not going to do that. Uh, and he hasn't played particularly well when yeah, he did when play he, last yeah, season. It's I think this is a reminder of how quickly things can lose because you remember when when he left Monaco, he was seriously hyped. It was amazing. Him and Fabinho were the best pair of centre midfielders in Europe. And I can't help but wonder what happened. What does he have left? Has he said anything? Does he go no. back? When you, when you go back and when you ever bump into him on the streets, you probably live in different neighbourhoods in Paris growing up. But Not too he, far from me, eh? And does he, what does he say? I don't know. I think... You say, I, Jules, where did it all no, go No, but wrong? I think Chelsea was, wrong, Chelsea was the wrong call. But I, when he did sign there, it felt like, yeah, he's, I thought he had all the qualities for England, for English football, for the Premier League, uh, that he could do really well there. Maybe too much competition for places. I don't know. Maybe he lost a bit of confidence. Maybe there was a few injuries. Going to Italy was not a bad idea. And he had some decent moments the in there. First year, yeah. Between Milan and Napoli. and that kind of, But then, eventually, you wonder how all that talent has been wasted, really. Let's be honest. I also wonder what Chelsea's books are going to lose like look like when the <laughs> when the dust settles with all these terminated contracts and expensive thing we haven't even mentioned you know Lukaku obviously injured again yeah. it's it's a, it's a different injury from the one he had before but I don't see how Inter are going to keep him around at the end of the season no, so. he wants to stay he said it but well okay fine then cancel your contract with Chelsea Chelsea would cancel it and then you know play for something else but yeah, yeah. you know it's uh, but whatever I'm sure we'll be able to get into Chelsea's finances at a different time. Some point, for sure. Maybe Todd Bowley has a plan. Yeah, of you course. Know, Let's maybe. trust. Do you want to trust in Todd Bowley or not? Yeah, well, let's trust in Todd. Let's play an all-star <laughs> game every week. Uh, and uh, that should sort it out. Gareth Bale announces retirement from football. Jules, some say he's not just the greatest ever Welsh player, but oh. the greatest ever British player. Yeah, I mean, this is the debate uh, on Monday when the story broke. Where does this rank? in your top three, top five of the greatest British players of all time, you know, with George Best and Bobby Charlton, Bobby Charlton and Bobby Moore and all of that, whoever you want, Wayne Rooney, whoever you like, Kenny Dalglish, you choose. It's a debate. We will all have a different top five. For example, I just think he's been an amazing servant to Welsh is, football, of course, to British football. Uh, the is, five Champions League is never going to be beaten. I don't think any other British player is going to win five. 
Um, and some of the most iconic goals as well, whether it's Copa del Rey, Champions League final with Wales as well, taking that team to the Euro semi-final, to a World Cup. Pretty amazing achievements. I think a lot of old-timers would even question whether he's the greatest ever Welsh player. I think that is a legitimate yeah, to yeah, have. of course. John Charles was way before my time, but, you know, I can read and learn about him. Yeah. Uh, I encourage others to do so as well. It's interesting, though. John Charles retired when he was 43. Um, yeah. You know, after he he came back and, you know, had started at Leeds and then, you know, went to Juventus and then came back and then he ended up playing, I forget for who, but in the lower divisions until he was 43. So this is obviously somebody who felt a need to be on the pitch. Yeah, and the love of football was maybe different to Gareth And maybe Bale. with Gareth Bale, it's also different. Uh, yeah. And both, by the way, had injuries, but uh, two great players. I'm just going to leave this debate to fans of Welsh football out there. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to get involved in this. Okay. 50 Cent has revealed that he and Eminem were offered $9 million to play at the 2022 World Cup, but it didn't happen because Eminem's people said, no, thank you. Yeah, this is so random, but not just that. Well, it took me about this. And 50 Cent also said, oh, they were offered $9 million, And he said, it would have been $1 million for me and $8 million for, <laughs> for, for him. I mean, I, mean, uh, I, mean I, don't, I don't know. It's not clear whether the no was because he didn't want to go to Doha, he didn't like the architecture. I don't know if it was some of the concerns that yeah, other artists like Dua Lipa had, and which the Black Eyed Peas, for example, did mm. not have because they did play at the World Cup. I just thought it was so random. The thing that strikes me is, why would you split this equally? I mean, I, I'm an Eminem fan, but like, yeah. should, is it fair that 50 Cent should only get one million <laughs> and the other guy gets eight times as much? You know, I, I don't I mean, Eminem is eight times better than 50 Cent, though. So maybe. I, it's, yeah, you know. uh, arguably. Arguably, arguably yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Jules, this brings us to an end. Already. But oh, now wow. that we're back, we had such a great time. Oh. We're going to come back. Monday. I do this again on Monday, yes? Yeah, I don't know if you're going to choose the Manchester Derby or the London Derby to go as our main segment, or maybe both. Or the Supercopa de Saudi Arabia. What if we have a Clásico in the final? Oh Barcelona, God, of course. Imagine. Playing it's going to be a great weekend of football anyway. So we got you covered. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.